0: All right, there we go. So John chapter number 4 in our Bibles this morning. And I'd like to talk about something that that was very interesting, that Jesus, he was giving a lesson here to the disciples, and he was wanting to teach them some things about uh, what he wants to do in John chapter number 4 and what his purpose was uh, for being here on the earth. And some of the things that, that made him happy. And I, you're probably already there by now, but I want to tell you a little story about something. You know, I remember the very first time that, that my wife, she was pregnant with our son, William. And I had heard stories about some things that happen when ladies get pregnant. And I wasn't entirely sure, because I'd never seen it firsthand, at least not as an adult man anyway. I remember we were there one night, and my wife, she, is, she was several, several months pregnant with our first son, and, and we were in our, our first little rent house together, and we were a pretty young couple, and, and she looks at me, and she says, I'm hungry. And I said, oh, yeah, okay, That's, that sounds about right. I said, well, what do you want to eat? And I started naming off a few things that maybe I could fix her. She says, no, no, no. I said, well, what do you want? And she says, I want some Fruity Pebbles. I said, what? She says, I want some Fruity Pebbles. I said, you want breakfast cereal? She said, no, no. I said, I want Fruity Pebbles. I said, well, why? She says I don't know. I just really want some Fruity Pebbles. And, of course, we didn't have any. And I had heard about these things that they call cravings that ladies get when they're you know, going to be having children. They get a taste for something, and that is the only thing that will satisfy what they are wanting. You know, I've heard some crazy things about some ladies, they'll want some pickles or, you know, whatever else. It'll just be this one taste, and boy, they've got to have it. So being a good husband, you know, 10, 10.30 at night, and luckily our grocery store stays open until 11 o'clock. You know, I threw on my coat and my shoes, and I said, all right, my wife's pregnant. I'm going to go get her some Fruity Pebbles. So that's what I did. I drove to the store. I got her a box of this, these Fruity Pebbles this cereal. And that's, man, we went through so many boxes of that stuff. And now every time my wife says, man, I could go for some Fruity Pebbles, I say, what? You know, excuse me? <laughs> is, this, is, there, is there something here that, that I need to know? You know, she'll come back. No, no, those are for the kids. Oh, okay, well, you know. You know, so sometimes we have these, these cravings, don't we? And we'll get this feeling of something that only this, this one thing, will satisfy me. Now, that's what we're going to talk about this morning. Satisfaction. What is it that quenches your satisfaction? What is your heart's desire that will satisfy you? What is it that makes you feel full, complete, whole, and, you know, we all understand the physical part. You know, we've, we've been hungry before. There have been times where I've been out and maybe I've, I was working and I skipped lunch that day. And, boy, I finally sit down and get a meal. And, oh, man, that feels, that feels good. That satisfies me. Or there's something that, that I need. I have, I have something I'm working on. And finally when I work and work and work and it's done. I see it and it's all finished. Oh, man, that's, that's satisfying. Now, where do we get our satisfaction? Did you know that Jesus Christ, as a man, there were things that He needed to satisfy Him physically? Because you have to understand, Jesus Christ, He had a physical body, just like we have. From the time Jesus Christ was born, the Bible says that He had to grow into maturity. You know, Jesus, as a baby, He had to get His strength and grow to be able to walk. Jesus had to eat to be able to fill his body. There were times Jesus got hungry. There were times Jesus got sleepy. He needed to lay down. He needed to rest. There were times he was weak. There were times that he wept and he cried. There were times that he was happy. You see, he faced all these things we do. And we're going to see a time here where he had something he needed to satisfy him, but he kind of flipped it. And he taught the disciples a lesson. Let's look at that lesson real quick, and then we'll draw some things out of it. So John chapter number 4, verse number 31. John chapter 4, verse number 31. Let's let's back up one verse, verse number 30. John chapter 4, verse number 30. Then they went out of the city and came unto him. The disciples came unto Jesus to tell you the story. They went out of the city and came unto him. In the meanwhile, his disciples prayed him, saying, Master, eat. Master, you need some food. You need to eat. But he said unto them, I have meat to eat that you know not of. Verse number 32. But he said unto them, I have meat to eat that ye know not of. That's what we're going to focus on. Verse number 33. Therefore said the disciples one to another, Hath any man brought of him aught to eat? And Jesus saith unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me, and to finish his work. Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh the harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes, and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. And he that repenteth receiveth wages, and gathereth fruit unto life eternal that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. And herein is that saying true, one soweth and another reapeth. I sent you to reap that whereupon ye bestowed no labor. Other men labored, and ye enter into their labors. And many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him, for the saying of the woman was testified, He told me all that I ever did. Lord, I pray that you would help us to understand the lesson you were just teaching the disciples about what it was that satisfied you. You made it very obvious that the meat, the bread, wasn't what satisfied you. But that doing God's will did. I pray that that would be said of us and help us to understand that type of satisfaction this morning. So Lord, speak to us and may we rightly understand the Scriptures. And it's in Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. Well, if you haven't already seen it, here's what's happening. And I'll tell you the story leading up to this. So Jesus, he and his disciples were traveling and they end up going to a town called Samaria. So he's there and he sits down by this well. And as he's resting on this well, this Samaritan woman comes out of the city. And she walks up to him and and begins to strike up a conversation with Jesus. And then Jesus begins to witness to this woman. He says, he looks at her and says, woman, I want to tell you something. There's this water here in this well. You drink this water, you'll get thirsty again. I've got some water I'm going to give you. If you drink of this water, you'll never get thirsty ever again. Now, boy, wouldn't that be nice? What if I could give you a cup of water and you would never, ever get thirsty again? You'd just always be full. That would be pretty neat. And so she looks at him and says, oh, Master, I want some of that water. Hey, give me that water that I can drink of and I'll never be thirsty ever again. Now, he was talking about spiritual water. He was talking about, I can give you something that will quench your spirit And you'll never go thirsty in your spirit for anything else because, man, you'll be quenched. So he spoke to her and he witnessed to her. And after this conversation happened, this lady, this Samaritan, she went back into town and said, let me tell you about Jesus. And she started witnessing to everyone in the town. So while she was out there witnessing, here's Jesus propped up against this well. And the disciples come to him. Oh, Jesus, our master, master, You've got to eat something. I mean, you're, you're, you're hungry. I know we've been traveling. Let's, let's take care of you. Man, they're being good disciples. They're wanting to take care of their master Jesus. Here, you, you've got some food. You need to eat. And Jesus looks at him and says, you know, I've, I've got some food that, that you guys don't know about. You know, I have meat that, that you don't even know about. You know, and in their mind, in Martin terminology, they're thinking, what, did he have a piece of beef jerky in his pocket? I mean, what, what does he have? He's got something somewhere that we didn't know about. Maybe someone came and gave him some food. And so they're scratching their heads trying to figure out, what is, what is he eating? And then he spins it. And he says, Disciples, there is something that satisfies me that you don't understand. There is something that fills me that bread could never do. He says, what satisfies me, what has filled me, is to do the will of Him that sent me. Now, who sent Jesus to earth? God the Father did. God the Father sent Jesus to earth. He's the one that sent His only begotten Son that the Bible talks about in John 3.16. God the Father gave us His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. So God sent Him. And Jesus is sitting here, looks into the disciples and says, Disciples, what fills me is doing my Father's will doing what God would have me to do. And it's amazing to think that here is Jesus who is equal with God. He is God in the flesh saying, I've got to do what God tells me to do. That's what fills me. And so now we see two things. And we're going to look a little bit at both of them. You see the actual bread. You see stuff. You see the world. You see what makes me feel good. And then you see over here, doing the will of the Father that satisfies us in another way. Now, we have to ask ourselves this question. Which one satisfies us more? Does the bread satisfy us? Does being successful in my business, does that satisfy me? Does being able to accomplish things, does that satisfy me? Does being able to maybe climb the ladder of life or or being able to... I don't know, just just work with our hands, whatever. These physical things in the world, do they satisfy me? Or does doing the will of God satisfy me? Those things are pretty much mutually separate. They are are apart from one another. Usually, doing the will of God does not entail me satisfying my body. And there's so many lessons within this. We've talked about this before. Do you remember when we talked about fasting? how you would give up food to show God that you want something else more, you know what you're doing? I am going to turn away from what satisfies my body so I can show God I need Him to do something more. Lord, I am going to show you that this is not important. The bread's not important. But Lord, it is important that you save my child. Lord, it's not important that I feel good. Lord, it is important that you send people to the mission field. Lord, it's it's not important that, that I get full on my bread today. It's not important that I have a good day at work today. But God, it is important that you would do something in the lives of my family. See, that's what happens when we're fasting. We are putting away what satisfies the body to instead spend time with the Spirit. We have to ask ourselves, which one satisfies us? And God, Jesus Christ, right here, made a very explicit statement. He said, what satisfies me, is to do the will of my Father. And can I go ahead and jump ahead and kind of give you the end of it real quick? Because we're here. Do you know how to know which one's going to satisfy you more? Here's the test. On which end is your heart? Because if your heart is over here, the bread's going to satisfy you more. If your heart is in the world you will feel more satisfied climbing the business ladder. You will feel more satisfied with dollars. You will feel more satisfied building things. You will be more satisfied buying things than you are in the Spirit. If this is what satisfies you, that's where your heart is. Or flip it. If this is where your heart is, that's what's going to satisfy you. At least for a while. Until it kind of loses its luster and then you have something else to reach for. But if you're over here and your heart is with the Spirit then you know what's going to satisfy this person? Doing the will of God. Seeing God do something. Hey, they might not have this stuff, but they'll see the Lord working and they'll, they'll be satisfied in their spirit and they'll not be hungry because, man, just knowing they're able to do the will of God. And while they're doing that work, all the while they're looking to heaven saying, Lord, I can't wait to be able to come and see you. And that's what satisfies them, doing the will of God. So let's talk about these two things for a minute. Let's talk about this satisfying fulfillment. Isn't that the word that we're all looking for? We're trying to be fulfilled. And while we're looking at this, I'm going to ask you the question this morning. Are you satisfied with the life that you have? Are you? Are you satisfied with the life that you have? Are you spiritually satisfied? And perhaps, just just maybe, we shouldn't be satisfied with where we are. There's a time that that comes. There comes a time when we shouldn't be satisfied with just the bread, with just the, the, you know, the, the little bit of something that fills my belly, with just a, the just a things. There comes a time when that shouldn't be enough, where we should want more spiritually. So what is that fulfillment? Well, Jesus himself, he said it right here in verse number 34. My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. So, we have to understand that Jesus, he's saying, I need to do the work of God. I need to be spiritually obedient. So what was it that Jesus was sent here to do? And he is the model of being able to do this. Look at where Jesus come from. Can can I describe to you a little bit about Jesus the man for a minute? When you study who he was, he was entitled to so much more than he ever got. Now, if you understand culture and the way things worked back in this day, when you have a king and this king dies, who sits on the throne after that king? His son does, doesn't he? He's the guy. He is the heir to the throne. And I think if I understand it properly, that's the same thing that we see going on uh, overseas. We have the, uh, the queen of England, you know, and then there's the princes. And then when, when she passes on, you have the heir to the throne. He's going to be sitting on that throne. It was the same way in the Lord's day. Do you guys remember King David? King David sat on the throne of Israel. He was the king. He was the one that was the head of it. God put him there. Then he had a son. And then there was this man named Solomon. He ruled. Then Solomon had a son. And once Solomon's son ruled, you had a civil war between Jeroboam and Rehoboam. And the town actually kind of split. But point being is they had a son and that was a king. Then they had a son and that was a king. Can I tell you who Jesus is? great-great-great-great-great-great-granddaddy was? King David. Jesus Christ was heir to the throne of Israel and still is. That means from the time he was born, he could have come and said, Here I am. I'm your king. Let's go ahead and rebuild this nation. But at the time when he was born, they were actually kind of in exile. The country was being ruled by a dictator at that time. And, and he didn't do that. That wasn't his purpose but he was entitled to all the riches of Solomon. He was entitled to all the position and power of King David. He was entitled to every bit of it. But you know what the Bible tells me that Jesus did? It says that he came into his own, the Jews, and his own received him not. He wasn't accepted. And then the Bible also tells me that the Son of Man didn't even have a place to lay his head at night. So where was Jesus born? He was born of Mary, who was in the family of David. And he was born and adopted by Joseph, who was also of a family of David. They were way, way distant cousins, but they were both in the same family. And so here he was living in this carpenter's house. He could have taken over his daddy's business. His, his parents, they weren't poor. He, they, they had everything they needed. They were well off, you know, well enough off. And so we see that Jesus, though, He denied all of that. He was a man that one day as he was learning, very likely learning to be a carpenter under his dad, would have set down his tools and went out and began to preach and teach people about himself. He didn't build a home for himself. He didn't build any kind of houses for him and his family to live in. He didn't do anything for this world. He didn't do anything that satisfied him that was of this world. But instead, what did he do? He went preaching. He went healing the sick. He went healing the blind. He went fixing the lame man's legs so that he could walk. He went forgiving people of their sin. And then he went and hung on a cross and died so that he could pay for our sin. So did you catch what's happening? Jesus put away the stuff of the food so he could live for the Spirit. Now, let me ask you that same question. What is your life about? What satisfies you? That was our question. Because have you ever noticed people are always looking to do something that satisfies them? You've got a young man. Man, he's in high school. What's going to satisfy him? Man, I just got to be able to do good and ball and then I got to graduate high school. Man, then I'll, be, then I'll be good. I'll be satisfied. That's what I want to do. Well, he graduates high school and now he's looking around. Well, now what? Hey, man, I know what I need. I'm just going to buy a car. That'll satisfy me and then I'll be good to go. I'm going to get a car. Well, then he's got another goal. Then he's got to and he's got to go to college. And then he, maybe he starts in college. What's he thinking? Maybe this is more for the ladies. That ah, is for guys too. Man, now i got to get married. If I can just get married, then I'll have a house and, whew, man, then everything, it'll, it'll be set. You know, that'll satisfy me. Yeah, maybe for a while. But then you'll have something else that you're reaching for. Then you'll have something else that you're reaching for. Do you know there are people that are multi, multi-millionaires that are still not satisfied? It's still not good enough. They still have something else they're reaching for. They still have this giant hole in their hearts that they're trying to fill. But the only thing that can fill that hole in their hearts is Jesus Christ. See, it's almost like this hole that's in our hearts that that, that can truly satisfy. It's almost like this hole is in the shape of a circle, and the world is the shape of a square. It'll never fit in there. Jesus Christ is the only thing that will fit in that spot and truly satisfy us, doing the will of God. So it's a matter of, or true satisfaction is not a matter of eating and filling my belly because I'm going to get hungry again. True satisfaction is when I am able to stand before God and God can look at me and say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You see, that is something that's going to satisfy me. That is what satisfied Jesus, and that is what will satisfy you as a Christian. So let's look at that. We saw number one, there's a fulfillment that comes with doing the work of God. Now let's look at the satisfying work. The satisfying work. We looked at the satisfying fulfillment. Now here's the satisfying work. Look at verse number 35. Uh, well, no, let's, let's do it in the 34. Jesus saith unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. Well now we're talking about work. Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh the harvest. Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. So now he's talking about work. I remember there was uh, a few years ago. Eh, eh, yeah, it was several years ago, um, I was building. I, I kind of started doing a little bit of woodworking, and you know, I, I love. I really enjoy doing woodworking, making some furniture. You know, I made a toy box. I made some dinner tables, a few things like that, and and that's fun. I enjoy it. I remember I made this this one uh, dining room table. And I worked on this thing for a while because I had some very specific things I wanted to do to it. Uh, You know, specific types of wood. I was putting some extra, uh, some drawers and things like that in it. And I I was putting a lot of time into it. And so I remember I, I built it, I got the legs put on it, and then when it came time for the tabletop, I, put some, I did some sanding to it, and, I, uh, and then I put the, uh, the sealant on there so no you know, water and food would get down in it, and, and I painted every, every, everything else that wasn't on the top. And after hours and hours and hours into this thing, I stood back and I thought, man, that feels good. You know, when you're done, and you can stand back, and you can look at it, and you can say, satisfied. I feel, I feel good about that work. Isn't that a good feeling? When you do something after a, a hard day's worth of work you can stand back and see the fruits of your labor and say boy that was that was good. Now here's what Jesus is doing. At this time they were four months away from the harvest season. So you have these crops. They would plant their crops at a certain time of year. Several months later they would have the grains that would grow. Then they would all go to work and they would reap their harvest. What Jesus is saying is hey disciples You guys know there are four months until harvest. But I'm going to tell you something. Disciples, you're looking at four months until that harvest. If you will open your eyes and look, it's time for harvest right now. And what he's talking about is stop looking at the work you do with your hands and start looking at the work you do for God. It's a different type of work that's going to satisfy you. It's not the work you do with your hands because let me tell you, I can build a house, but one day that house is going to need repairs. It's not always going to satisfy me. I can I can go and I can take this field and I can plant crops. I can get everything out of the field. I can go and plant some potatoes and I pick those potatoes and well eventually that plant's going to die and then we have to do it all again next year, right? So it's only a temporary satisfaction. But, oh, if I were to go and do the work of God and to to see a soul that gets saved and one day I'm going to see them in heaven, that's going to last a whole lot longer than a potato crop will because that lasts forever. Doing something for God will take on into eternity. That is something that will satisfy me more than doing the things of this world. So where are you doing your work? What kind of work satisfies you? Does the work that you feel good about, is it the work you do out in the field? You do with your hands? Or is it the work of the things of God? Is it what God wants you to do? There's a satisfying work to do with the Lord. Now watch this. We said there's a satisfying fulfillment. There's a satisfying work. And lastly is this. And we'll go with this one pretty quick. There is a satisfying wage. Talk about your payment. There's a satisfying wage. Most people probably myself included, if I were to start a business, I wouldn't be satisfied being the low man on the totem pole. That would not be good for me. Take, for example, the military. I were to join the military, and I would come out of basic training, and I would be, man, the bottom, bottom. I would be but private, just nobody, you know. That wouldn't be good enough for me. I would want to get better, I would want to get a raise. I would eventually want more responsibility. I would, I would just want to keep going and going and going. There would, no be, there would be no stopping point. I would want more wages. And in and any, any kind of job, you don't want to get stuck. You want more. Now, there is not a satisfaction. There's not a point, I think, where we would ever be completely satisfied with the work of this world. Look what he said about the wages of God's work. Verse number 36. And he that reapeth, the one that does God's work, he reaps souls instead of crops. And he that reapeth receiveth wages. Okay, well, what's our wages, Lord? And gathereth fruit unto life eternal, that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. And herein is that saying true. One soweth and another reapeth, and I sent you to reap where it's on you bestowed no labor. And other men labored, and ye entered into their labors. And many of the Samaritans in that city believed on him. For the saying of the woman was testified, he told me all that I ever did. Here's what Jesus is saying. If you do the work of the Lord, you're going to get wages. You're going to reap benefits that people that work with their hands don't get. If you do the work of the Lord, you might be able to pick a crop. You may be able to lead someone to the Lord that someone else has already been witnessing to for 10 years. You see, they're sowing, but you would get to reap. So here's what happens. I go into the work of the Lord. I, I work and I, and I witness and I tell people about the Lord and I'm trying to bring in the, the harvest of souls, so to speak, and I'm trying to tell people about Christ and then people get saved. That is a crop that goes into life eternal. It's something that lasts forever. Now, boy, I, that, wouldn't that be neat? I was, my wife and I were talking about this just, just yesterday. I was looking into greenhouses because my wife, Tori, she actually used to work at a greenhouse, a plant nursery. She would, you know, grow flowers and stuff. And we thought, man, it'd be pretty neat to be able to grow some of our own vegetables. And I'm trying to figure out what it would take to build a greenhouse. And why would you build a greenhouse? Well, you have a greenhouse, you can start planting earlier in the year, and you can keep them growing longer in the year on into, you know, when it starts getting cold. Even so, that's temporary. It won't last forever, will it? But boy, if you are to do the work of God and you were able to see someone get saved, you will be with that person in heaven. That is a wage that will last with you forever. It's not temporary the way money is. So, folks, I'm going to ask you very simply this question, the same question we started off with a few moments ago. What is it that satisfies you? Are you satisfied? Do you be, are are you fulfilled kind of like when you're hungry and, man, you finally get to eat something, does it? Oh, man, does it satisfy you when you're able to do something with your hands, working out in the field, doing doing the simple things of this world? Or are you satisfied when you see something done for God? Does it fill your heart with joy when something's done for God? Because I want to tell you this. We ought to be like Christ and not let this stuff be what satisfies us. This shouldn't be what makes my heart full. It shouldn't make me overflow with joy just because I buy a new car. Now, I'm not saying some things can't make us happy, but I'm saying that shouldn't satisfy my spirit. The, the, you know, getting a raise shouldn't satisfy my innermost man. What satisfies me is doing the work of God. Doing the will of Him that has sent me. That's what Jesus said. And I believe that's what ought to satisfy us too. Can we have every head bowed and every eye closed? Now here over these next few moments, I just want to ask you this. We've already said it a few times. You answer this question for yourself right now. What is the thing that satisfies you the most? And the answer to that question will show you where your heart is. If your heart is more in the world than it is with God, then the things of the world will be what makes you happy. The things of the world will be what satisfies you, at least temporarily anyway. But if your heart is more with God and your heart is more surrendered to God and your heart is more in tune with doing the will of God, then that will be what satisfies you. Our Father, I pray that you would help us to understand this thing of satisfaction. May we seek after you. God, may we do your will. May we do the things that please you. Now, with every head bowed and with every eye closed, I'm going to give you folks a moment to pray and spend time with God. Go ahead and take, take some inventory in your heart here for the next few minutes. What is your heart craving right now? Are you craving something that only this world can give you? Or are you craving something that only God can give you? We know Jesus Christ himself, he craved, he was satisfied doing the will of his Father. Perhaps that ought to be what satisfies us. Lord, I love you. When you were here as a man, Lord Jesus Christ, as you came here and had a body much the way we have, Lord, you showed us very explicitly that even having the physical needs that we do as well, that it was fulfilling the will of your Father that satisfied you. That's what filled you. Lord, may we also be filled in the same way. Help us not to be content with just the little things that the world's got for us. I pray that that would never be enough. But may we always go after the things that You want us to do so that we can do that spiritual work. Be spiritually fulfilled and Lord, receive those spiritual wages to know that there would be souls in heaven because of our work for You. Lord, I long for that day to hear You say, well done. Now Lord, I ask that You would keep us safe as we go about our day to day. I know there's many about us that have been sick and Lord those that couldn't be with us because of it. I pray that you would guide us as we go about these. I pray you'd help us to be wise and Lord to keep us from these things and for those that do have it Lord I pray that that they would be well soon and bring them back to us safely. Now bless us as we get ready to dismiss and Lord may all the things that we do may we honor you in them. For it's in Jesus name we pray. Amen.